illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, what are Billy. you up to? You know, I worked all weekend, like I always do. So about a, a seven, seven and a half hour shift today. Oof. I, I got nothing done. It's daylight sa- It's daylight saving time. Did you know that? You're not supposed to use the S. There's no savings time. Yeah. It's daylight saving time. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was hoping that my clock's corrected this morning because I, I just assumed they adjust themselves, so I wasn't late for work. But uh, I was not. The- I was noticing that last night when I was setting my alarm to wake me up this morning. Mm-hmm. It actually took that into account. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I run best on about six hours sleep. Mm-hmm. So I was going to bed, and I was like, well, let's see what it says here. And it was like, yeah, six hours. I was like, look at that. Because <laughs> really, it should have been seven, right, when I was going to uh-huh. bed. But it was already figuring in for losing that hour. So I was like, hey, perfect. Yeah, you know, I, I, I when I was younger, I, I always thought it was kind of cool. As I've gotten older, you you do get into that adjustment where you wake up without an alarm clock, mm-hmm. and so it. Uh, I don't. I'm not really a fan of it anymore. So well, no, but, I, it. My only thing with it is, I know they've talked about going. See, the farther the farther south you live, the less impact it has on you. Yeah, absolutely. Because the closer to the equator, the less change in the amount of daylight you have every day. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the farther north you go, the more effect it has. Mm-hmm. I know they've talked about leaving it, I think, at daylight saving time. And just, you know, when it goes forward, just leaving it there and never yeah. shutting it back. 
Yes, yes. That's I think they passed a law on that, but it needs, it needs like California. It, it needs a bunch like, of states to do it, yeah. But yeah, the but the yeah. problem with that is is, you know, November, December, January, you're gonna have kids out waiting for the school bus in the middle of the dark. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's a good situation. So but anyways. It doesn't really bother me. My my sleep schedule isn't I could go to bed at three o'clock in the morning and I would still wake up at five fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning, um, you know, I'll, I got up at the same time that I had set my alarm for, and I, I woke up a minute and a half before my alarm was going to go off. Mm. So and that's just kind of what I do. But yeah, but, but like I said, my sleep schedule's probably like yours, never been super set. No, no. I mean, I, I sleep when I'm tired and you know, I usually, I, well, I mean, like I, I get home some nights I don't get home until like, you know, nine or 10 o'clock at night. Other nights I get home at, you know, well, eight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, and then I usually have to leave for work in the morning about five thirty. Yeah. So um, it, I just, it depends what I have to do, but I don't, I don't get much time. Yeah. Well, the purpose of Illegal Participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting and silly every week. Remember, if you'd like to listen to us, uh, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers. And if you want to get in touch with us, Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. I am at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter. And you can send an email to HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. And, Beach, guess what? What, Bill? We got an email. We got an email. Ooh, I love an email. This one is from listener Dano. Ooh. And the title, well, the title of this email, Beach, is Vacations. Okay. Dano starts out, gentlemen, been enjoying the random ass off-season conversations on the podcast. (laughs) Couple of questions, comments. So I'm going to read the two questions and then we'll answer them, okay? Okay. So the first, number one. What age is appropriate to take my daughter to Disney World for the first time? Looking for that sweet spot of old enough to remember it, but young enough to have it be truly magical. Two, speaking of future vacations, what would be the chances of making it out to the Grove to watch the Beavs take on Ole Miss in September 2027? Plenty of gorgeous redheads for Beach. Seeing a game in an SEC environment is a bucket list item for any college football fan. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about... um, the appropriate age to take your daughter to Disney world for the first time. Well, so old enough to remember it, but young enough to have it be truly magical. So I would say that sweet spot for her to be old enough to remember, but still having the magic going, I would say three or four. Oh, really? Don't you think beach? I don't know. I see. I was thinking more like seven to nine. Three to four, I don't know if you remember that much. I remembered the first time I went at three. Do you? I went at three, and when we went back when I was five, because when we went the first time, I was three, you were one. I was about, yeah. I was about three and a half, actually. You, yeah. were, you were one. And mm-hmm. uh, the second time we went, I was five and a half, and you would have been three, because mm-hmm. I was in kindergarten. And, um, we got there on main street and we said we wanted to go to pirates of the Caribbean first. And I walked us straight there. Okay. I I knew where to go and I was Hmm. five. So, okay. But yeah, I would say 
you know, I wouldn't go much older than five if you want, if you want her to still have the magic. I was gonna say you got the magic where you be, where you believe the the when you, you know when, so, when you see Mickey Mouse that is Mickey Mouse. When well, you, you know when you see Tiana that is Princess Tiana. Well, I just remember riding rides, and and the ride is long gone, but I just remember a, a journey to inner space. Oh yeah. Uh, we always called it the incredible shrinking machine. Oh yeah. And I that, swear that eyeball that, freaked you out. I, well, I just swear that Disney had developed a way to shrink you down into nothingness and then bring you back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, uh, the animatronic characters were so real yeah. when you're a kid, you know, um, it's yeah. So, you know, I would, I would say maybe closer to five, but you know, it doesn't hurt to go at three. Yeah, you I know. would say somewhere in there. The problem you is know, you start getting around six or seven and other kids at school are going to ruin the magic that's there, right? Yeah, like losing Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. But but I would say, you know, the one thing, though, that I loved is, you know, uh, and I know Dano knows this, but, but uh, you know, our folks took us every other year other than we skipped in 1984. But – but that was always a, a thing was every other year we got to go to Disneyland and that was our big, big vacation trip. And, you know, back then it was so much more expensive to travel to California than it is now. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, it was really to me uh, uh, a magical experience, both the, the road trip down uh, and we would always do, I don't know if Dano knows this, but we would always do like, like three days at Disneyland, two days at Knott's. Yeah. I think. Occasionally would throw in a day at Universal while we were down there. Uh, we also used uh, to, we did the San Diego Zoo before. We, mm-hmm. we did Lion Country Safari, Wild Animal Park. We did a bunch of stuff down there. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, but no, I, I, you don't want to go too, too old. You know, I've got a picture right behind me up here that um, mom took of Peyton. And it was one of the first times he went. So let's see, he went in an. He was born in 02, 03, so it would have been 05, right? Mm-hmm. He would have been approaching three, almost three years old. And he's just a little squirt. And uh, we went to a restaurant, and uh, we were eating breakfast. And it was a character oh. breakfast, so the characters are walking around. And one of the I characters, remember. yeah, one of the characters fed him a fork full of pancakes. Right? Chip or Dave, one of them. I, I can't remember which one of them. Uh, the pictures behind me where I'd look at it. But... Uh, mom got pictures of there's like a three sec separate pictures. One of the him standing there looking at the chipmunk as the chipmunk was forking his pancakes. Another picture of the pancakes going in his mouth. And then the third picture is Peyton hugging the chipmunk. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward to this would have been 2012. So Gunny would have been almost six. And five or six he'd been five and we were getting ready to go down to disney world again and little gunner was running around he was like i can't wait to go to disney world i want to see buzz lightyear right and he's telling me about how much he wants to see buzz lightyear and stuff and he goes running off and peyton was standing there and he looks at me and goes it's just a guy in a suit and i looked at peyton and understand this is 2012 2011 so peyton's nine almost ten Right, and I go, mm-hmm. Peyton, look at that picture, and I pointed to the picture of him eating the eating the pancakes with with the chipmunk, and I go, see that little kid in the picture, and he's like, yeah, I go, that little kid in the picture, 
was fed pancakes by one of the chipmunks. And he thought that was amazing. And Peyton looked back at me and I said, don't ruin that for your brother. He kind of looked at me and went like, okay, I understand what you're saying. So, like I said, you don't want to get, like, Gunn must have been close. He was six. But you start getting up into, like, six, seven, eight, and that kind of stuff will get can get ruined yeah. for him. Well, I was going to say, I guess it kind of changes. You know, when, when you're a little, little kid, mm-hmm. it's the meet and greets and those those interactions and stuff. I think when you're eight, nine, or ten, or eleven – it's the it's the adventures exactly exactly and that's a big thing when when you take a little kid you just have to be you have to kind of manage your expectations of what you're going to do you know and that you're uh, taking a nap in the afternoon you know going back to the room and taking a nap in the afternoon maybe or at least going off to a place where the kid can you know nap in the stroller i mean my kids always napped in the stroller usually Mm -hmm. um they were pretty good about that but I mean, that's the big thing. So I I would say probably like three to maybe six. I would say four or five would probably be the best part in there. But, you know, my boys, have they've grown up going to Disney World and Disneyland quite a bit. So and they and, you know, we still go meet the characters. I do. Yeah, Yeah, I I love. Yeah, I I love. Yeah, I love to meet a sexy princess. Well, we'll see somebody. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I remember when we saw uh, Roger Rabbit out right around Easter one year. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Roger rabbit. I'm getting my picture with Roger rabbit. Peyton was like, I'm going too." And I'm like, you never see Roger rabbit out. So, well, well, I like when I was in Tokyo, uh, they have a lot more different characters over there. Yeah. They get a lot of random ones. Yeah. A lot of random ones over there. So, yeah, but uh, anyway, okay. What was the next, what was the next part? So the second question was, what's the chances of making it out to the Grove to watch the beeves take on Ole Miss in September, 2027. I mean, I'm down. I'm down for that. Well, um, well, also too, it's you know Mississippi, and depending on how things go, that might not be that far of a trip. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it might not be that far of a trip for us, Dano. Just yeah, just saying. So, depending on how things work out, it might not be yeah. that far. Yes. Yeah. So, so put put it this way, it could be a road trip for us. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So have to stop at a couple buckies along the way. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyways, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. All right. Thanks for the email. Anyone else wants to send emails? Uh please do. And they're probably and, like, God, no, don't want to send the boy, the Heinrich boys into the weeds again. <laughs> well, it's off it's football off season, and as much as we like talking about the other sports. Sometimes we just like to uh, talk a little bit. Yeah, you know, you listen to this, you're getting the, just the Bill and Beach show. So exactly. <laughs> so okay, well let's let's get on to the itinerary of the show this week, Billy. What do we got? A little bit of Beaver sports. Well, let's start with some wrestling. Ooh, are we are we still doing well? Well, Beach, Oregon State won its 24th Pac-12 wrestling championship in Stanford, California, last week. The Beavs completed a dominant day in Maples Pavilion that clinched the first team title since 2016. Hmm. Five Oregon State wrestlers won individual titles, including three straight at 165, 174, and 184 pounds as the Beavs competed down there for the Pac-12 championships. So Brandon Kaler at 125, Cleveland Belton at 141, Matthew Olguin at 165, 
Mateo almost at 174 and Trey Munoz at 184 ran the table to take the titles of champs in each of their respective weight classes. Mm. <clears throat> Jason Shaner at 133 dropped a 6-1 decision in the final bout, but still clinched his trip to Tulsa with a 6-5 division uh, decision in the semifinal win. Isaiah Crosby at 157 and Tanner Harvey at 197 both finished with third place honors. Harvey clinched his first NCAA bid with the Beavs with his third place uh, finish. And J.J. Dixon at heavyweight finished fourth, while Riley Gurr at 149 finished sixth. Now, Beach, after winning that 24th Pac-12 championship in program history on Sunday night, the seven individual qualifiers, including the five who took individual tiles, learned their seedings for next week's NCAA tournament. Mm. So Brandon Kaler, the Pac-12 champ at 125 and defending All-American, is seated seventh. Jason Shaner at 133 and the runner-up to the Pac-12 is seated 19th. Cleveland Belton at 141 is seated 21st. Um, Matthew, in, in, my, in, in my mind, Billy, right now, I've got that song from the Karate Kid. You're the best. Around. Yeah, and just getting and, that. And I'm, and I'm picturing the All Valley right now. That's what I'm yeah. picturing in my mind. Yeah. Okay, I know it's karate, this is wrestling, but you know you still got to kind of the same thing. Yeah, they're out there on a mat. Yeah, two, two dudes on a mat. Yeah. Okay, go on. Uh, Matthew Olgan was seated eighth. Mateo um, Olmos, another Pac-12 champion, is seated twelfth. Tanner Harvey um, is seated eighteenth. So those wrestling championships beads get underway this Thursday, the sixteenth in Tulsa. So we don't have anybody named Johnny. No, no Johnny. Damn it. Get him, Johnny. Get him, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody better get him a body bag. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So we're, as we're heading down to the end of our uh, winter sports here, next up is women's gymnastics, Beach. Ooh, are we still, uh, are we still kicking butt on that one? <sighs> well, Beach, on Saturday, a record. We're, we aren't kicking butt, but there is a butt. It's well, always... a record. On Saturday, a record 8,859 fans piled into legendary Gill Coliseum to watch the number 13 Orient State Gymnastics team take on, uh, I think, number three ranked Utah. Mm. Well, Beach, in that, the Beavs scored their second best score in program history with 197.950 to defeat Utah at 197.7 and clinch a share of the Pac-12 regular season 2023 championship. Wow. So they tied in the championship? Well, yeah, let me get to that. So that score, Beach, is the highest score inside Gill in program history. Wow. Now, Oregon State completed its second straight undefeated season at home to wrap up a second straight share of the Pac-12 title. With? So the Bees ended in a four-way tie for the Pac-12 regular season championship with Utah. I've never been in a, a four-way before, Billy. Well, listen to this. So they had a four-way tie with Oregon State, Utah, UCLA, and Cal. Now, Utah ended the season five and two, while the other three schools ended up four, one, and two. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Yep, so there was a four-way tie. But now they'll be having the Pac-12 championships this Saturday from the Maverick Center in West Valley City, Utah. So is it like a, a runoff, or, or what is this? 
This will be the championships. It's like a big meet with everybody. Okay. Yeah. Is this kind of like what they do in basketball? Same kind of concept? Well, kind of. Okay. Yeah. But this is this is a big championship meet this weekend. Well, it's awesome that they had such a good crowd show up for that game. Yeah. Or that, what do you call it, match, exhibition? Uh, that's not an exhibition. It would be a gymnastics meet. Meet, okay. Yeah, so there you go. All right, well, that's awesome. I'm surprised you didn't ask me what the Maverick Center was. What is the Maverick Center, Billy? <laughs> or who it's named after. Who's it named after, Billy? Well, actually, it's not named after a who, B, just named after a what. What is it, Billy? Well, the uh, Maverick is a, um, a chain of convenience stores in Utah and that kind of mountain area. Ah. And and their own. Kind of like a buck. Kind of like what? Kind of like a Bucky's? Nothing's like a Bucky's. Okay. You need to go to a Bucky's sometime. I bet Dano's been to a Bucky's. <laughs> Living in Texas, that's where they're from. Oh, is that where it started at? Yeah, yeah, it started in Texas. But anyways, okay. um, so Maverick is actually owned by FJ Holdings. FJ? FJ. I have no idea. They, I, I, they I also can... own Flying J. Oh, okay. Flying J travels, uh, truck stops. I love, I love Flying J. And you know Flying J purchased Pilot out of bankruptcy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so now there's Flying J Pilots. Okay. Well, you know, because I think it's a Flying J Pilot that's um, on I-5 there at Donald, and I stopped there on occasion. Yeah. So, uh, before so, I had to work. Yep, so they well, purchased that. They did have to sell some of the um, pilots to Loves. They had to sell a number of them to Loves because of, like, antitrust stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was a uh, – I should say when I was a kid, when I was, like, 18 or 19 years old, uh, Grandpa Schmidlkoffer and I, we would uh, uh, occasionally fly down to California and pick up trucks and drive them back, old Penske trucks. Mm-hmm. And we would always stop at the Flying J's and get these big, massive cups. Uh, insulated cups. Yeah. yeah. Freaking loved them. They'd fill those suckers up. We'd be driving for four or five hours, still icing them. They were awesome. Yeah. Still have them today. Yeah. So good times. I like a Flying J. But anyways, when I, when, I, when I saw it was at the Maverick Center, I'm like, what the hell is that? That's a weird name. So I had to look it up, and I was like, oh. And it's in West, West Valley City, Utah. So it's actually obviously not far from Salt Lake. But um, it's uh, where they actually built the hockey rink. This this Maverick Center was the hockey rink that was built for the Salt Lake City Games. Oh, really? Yeah, and they use it for a bunch of other things, but it's also a hockey rink. Okay, okay. Just multi-use facility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, cool. it's owned by the town of West Valley City. That's awesome. All right, Beach, uh, wrapping up some more uh, winter sports news. How about some women's basketball? I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little disappointed with our season, but go on. Well, Beach, OSU started the Pac-12 tourney last week with a 56-48 to upset win over USC. And then in the second round, the Beavs battled against number 20 Colorado, but it didn't have another upset in store, finishing their time in Las Vegas with a 62-54 to loss in the quarterfinals. Mm. Adley Blacklock led Oregon State with 12 points. A.J. Marat and Tamia Gardner joined her in double figures with 10 apiece. The Beavs made 9 of 18 three-pointers with four double figures combining to go 7 of 12. So, Beavs, that ended their season. 
So who who took the championship? Actually, Washington State did. They beat Stanford. Okay, well, as long as it wasn't the Ducks, it's awesome. Oh yeah, the Ducks didn't do well, <laughs> but uh, no, the Washington State beat Stanford kind of out of nowhere. Um, wow. But Stanford still got a number one uh, seed for the NCAA's. I saw. Oh, okay, but so but but Washington State is crowned the title. Are they crowned? They, they, the- they are the Pac-12 tournament champion, so they got the automatic bid to the NCAA's. So that happened with the men's basketball team a couple years ago when they went on to go to the uh, the uh, Great Eight. Yes. The Bees made a run at the Pac-12 championship, won our Pac-12 tourney, won the tourney champion, and got the automatic bid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can still, you know, win the regular season, not win your Pac. The the tourney the tourney gets the automatic bid. Okay. If that makes sense. So like Stanford yeah. didn't win the tourney, Washington State did. They got the automatic bid, but Stanford still got a number one seed. Okay. Well, would Stanford then be considered the Pac-12 championship if they were the best? They're the regular. They're the regular season champion. Okay. So literally, you kind of have two championships. You have the tournament champion and then the regular season champion. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I mean, and, and Washington State probably had a good resume to get into the mm-hmm. tournament. But like when the when the men's uh, Beavs men's team won a few years ago, they uh, had wouldn't have gone to the tournament more than likely unless they won that tournament. Unless they won the Pac-12 tournament, they wouldn't have gone to March Madness. Okay, yeah, makes sense. That was their only opportunity to get in there. Kind of, yeah. I mean, they might. I don't think their record was good enough probably to get in. But because of that, they squeezed in, and so the Pac-12 probably got an extra team in. Hmm. So, but Beach, um, at the end of the regular season, the Pac-12 handed out their um, awards, and freshman Reagan Beers owned a double dose of Pac-12 specialty awards last week, being named the Pac-12 freshman and the sixth player of the year by a vote of the league's coaches. Now, Beers is the first Oregon State player to win the Pac-10-12 Freshman of the Year honors since Tanya Kostick in 1993. She's That's a second. What? That's been a drought. Yeah. She's the second Beaver to win the Pac-12 Sixth Player of the Year, joining Aaliyah Goodman. Now, in addition to the specialty awards, Beers was named to the All-Pac-12 team and the All-Pac-12 All-Freshman squad. This is the second consecutive season with a Beaver freshman on the All-Pac-12 team, along with Talia Van Olhoffen last year. Now, three Beavs also earned honorable mention recognition from league coaches. Von Olhoffen was named honorable mention All-Pac-12. Jelena Metrovic was an honorable mention choice for the defensive team. And Tamia Gardner earned honorable mention All-Freshman honors. Now, Beers closed the regular season, leading qualifying league freshmen in 10 traditional and advanced statistical categories, including rebounds per game, offensive rebounds per game, field goal percentage, points per play, usage rate, win shares, and, of course, double-doubles. I know. Her 14 double-doubles are the sixth most for a Beaver in a single season, tying beers with Tanya Kostick and Michaela Pivik. Um, She also leads freshmen nationally and is the second most by any Pac-12 freshman since the 1999-2000 season. Now, Van Olhoffen's season ended due to an injury uh, before the final weekend, but she led Beavers in scoring for much of the season with 13.2 points per game. Hmm. So there you go. Good. And Beach, uh, we'll finish up the uh, end of winter sports with men's basketball. Okay. 
Well, Beach, the Oregon State men's basketball team season came to a close last Wednesday evening as the Bees fell to Arizona State 63-57 to in the opening round of the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. One and done, huh? Yep. Jordan Pope finished with 12 points as he ends his season tied with Carson Cunningham for the Oregon State freshman points record. Pope also knocked down a pair of triples to become the Beavers' all-time freshman leader in three-pointers made. Glenn Taylor Jr. led the Bees with 17 points, while Tyler Bulladu had 11 points on four for six shooting to go with seven rebounds. Wadri Gandela recorded six points, while Michael Rotage and Casey Abweke pulled down five rebounds apiece. Now, the Beavs were within four with 115 to go, Beach, but could not take the lead as the Sun Devils claimed the six-point win. The Bees ended the season with a record of 11-21. and 21. That's not very good. Not very good at all. And all the uh, goodwill that Tinkle built up with that run to the grade eight a few years ago. Burned up? It's kind of burning up, yeah. Do you think he's going to make it another year? I think so, only because they've got so much tied into his contract and they're rebuilding mm-hmm. Reeser. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think he's probably got one more season. Okay, how how long is his contract good for? I don't know how much longer it's how many more. He got a he got an extension when he went on that run. Yeah. So I don't know where he's at now. Still doing better than his uh, predecessor. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, that ain't saying much. Nope, nope. Still never figured out how that man got that job. Especially with with college athletics anymore. It's what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. So. All right, Beads, let's move into the spring sports. First up is softball. Who? Right. Do the girls play as early as the men do? Yeah, they actually started before. Wow, okay. So, Beads, Oregon State battled for 10 innings, forcing extras with a comeback in the seventh, but fell 6-5 to five on a walk-off double in Sunday's series finale against Utah. The heartbreaker concluded a hard-fought series between the two teams. Oregon State fell one run short of a comeback win on Saturday and had the bases loaded in the seventh on Friday before the weather wiped away a possible rally. Ah, you just play through that crap. Yep. Des Rivera went two for three with two doubles and two runs. Franco Moon hit a 10th inning home run to cap a one-for-four day at the plate for the Beavs' cleanup hitter. In the circle, Tarney stepped to tossed 5.2 innings with seven strikeouts while allowing two earned runs. She gave up four hits, keeping the Utes off the bases for much of the game. So, Beeves, uh, Beeves, the Lady Beeves are now 9-14 overall, 0-3 in the Pac-12, and they return to Corvallis for their home opener on Friday against Cal. So that just shows you, Beeves, they've already played 23 games. Wow, but only three uh, through only three in the Pac and, and not, uh, not well in the Pac. Yeah. But the pack is loaded. Is it? Bunch of talented softball teams. Always, there. always, yeah. I'm surprised they called the game on, on account of weather. Was it that bad? I, I don't know. It was in Utah. Oh, okay. Do, do they have natural surfaces down there? Don't know. Okay. Don't know. Probably wouldn't have called it up here. <laughs> don't know. I don't know if we ever had that bad of rain. It just kind of piddled all weekend. Do they call? I've never seen. They don't call games though very often at, at, for like uh, baseball, do they? They'll postpone them. You have to get to a certain amount of 
um, innings. I think you got to get through the seventh to be official. Okay. And then they could call it because of weather, I think is what it is. I don't like that. I think you should just play through. Yeah, well, that's, that's them's the rules. All right, let's just talk a little bit of baseball. Okay. Oregon State was unable to overcome two first-inning unearned runs in a 3-1 to loss to Washington State Sunday afternoon at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. The Bees scored their lone run on a Travis Bazana sacrifice fly in the third inning. It scored Tanner Smith, who singled earlier in the inning for Oregon State's only hit on the day. Now, Jaron Hunter took the loss but allowed just two unearned runs in six innings of work. He gave up three hits and three runs with six strikeouts. The win went to Connor Wilford, who improved to 2-0 with three scoreless innings. Can I just say how excited I am to have a player on the team named Tanner? Yeah, I know. I know you are. So, <laughs> Beach, uh, the Beavs uh, went on to lose the series 2-1 uh, to, to, one. to Washington State on the weekend. That leaves the Beavs at 11-4 and four overall, 1-2 and two in the Pac-12. And they step out of conference play to take on Nevada Tuesday night. So the night this goes live, Tuesday night at 535. And I believe it's a two-game set. Hey, uh, we, we haven't, and maybe we'll get this a little bit later, but um, is there more rumors over teams that might be joining the Pac? <sighs> That's still a mess right now. Okay. It's still a mess. So, I mean, if you're ever on Twitter, and, and I know some people probably are, and every day there's something else that this team is leaving or these teams are coming in or these teams are leaving or, you know, someone's jumping ship or uh, ESPN and Fox have pulled out of negotiations or Amazon's in or Apple's out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The And it, it's funny. It's cause because um, I saw one the other day where it said that Utah was leaving. They were going to the big 12 hmm. and like the, uh, the, the athletic director, for a Utah, I can't remember what his reply was, but he replied like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> what are you even talking about? So, anyways, I just let it play out. There, here's the thing. Guess what? There's nothing we can do about it. Oh, no. I'm just curious if there's anything to it yet. Nothing yet. And so until I hear from the horse's mouth what it is, I'm just not going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I know people are like, aren't you worried about this? I'm like, no. I, I, there's nothing I can do. I have absolutely no say in the matter. So why would I worry about something that I have no, I have no, I can't do anything to affect it. So just sit back and watch what happens. Hey, Hey, Billy. Yes, Beach. Did you hear that? I do. Dude. Okay, hold on here. Hold on. Uh. It sounded like it hurt. Billy. Yes, Beege. This just in. Eugene parents confront high school in regards to sexual fantasy assignment. Oh. Churchill High's health teacher and football coach is fielding questions after assigning students to write a short story about a sexual fantasy short of having sex. The goal of the assignment was to list three intimate acts using items from a list of devices, including candles, oil, syrup, and feathers. An earlier assignment by teacher Kirk Miller was entitled, With Whom Would You Do It? The instructions for that assignment read, List on the handout the initials of a male or female that you would do each activity with. 
you may use the same person for multiple activities. Miller did not immediately respond to a request for comment. In an email sent to parents from Principal Missy Cole, the high school health curriculum is called Our Whole Lives and was developed by the Unitarian Universalist Association <laughs> and the United Church of Christ. The United Church of Christ is an extreme leftist organization that operates under the guise of a church promoting leftist policies. The Unitarian Universalists are similar with priorities surrounding climate justice, decriminalization, democracy and electoral justice, and LGBTQIA plus and gender justice. This has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. Yeah, I heard about that. Unbelievable. And, you know, and, and I mean, can you imagine writing the, I mean, I mean, a teacher asking you, who would you do sexual activities with and put their initials of who you, who you want to do it with on your piece of paper yeah, so that they can identify what the hell. Yeah. And second thing is what the hell does this have to do with health education? Agreed. I, I, I'm, I'm. I'm just dumbfounded that that this is in the curriculum. And what the hell is the is the 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 city of Eugene or this Eugene school board writing curriculum based on those two organizations? I I, I, I don't. I agree. And unbelievable. I mean, when when I went to health class in, in, when I was in high school, um, the inappropriate thing that we had to do was we had to look at our bowel movements for like a week. I remember I remember them we were supposed to see what kind of what kind of how our our food impacted our bowel movements. And that that was probably about as intimate as we ever got with anything. Uh, just unreal that this is even a topic in school. Yep. So, anyway. <sighs> yep. I I I just I don't understand. I, well, I just, first of all, I, I just, it's one of those things like somebody had to read this, right? And I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about the Dingle Fritzes that came up with it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Those guys are off their rocker idiots. Yeah. They're going to yeah, do they're, whatever. They're, they're, they're just they're, pushing what they want. They have an agenda, and that's what they're pushing. And that's what they're yeah. pushing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that that's whatever. They are what they want. But there had to be somebody in the school district that read this thing and went, "What the hell are we doing? Uh -huh. Write the initials of a person you want to do certain sexual activities with." Why is that even a con why? Why exactly? Is, why do I want to do sexual activities with even on the the curriculum? Exactly. Right. Like I how mean, inappropriate here's, here's, here's is this? Here's what you teach in health class. Um. Like, you know what, uh, uh, mental health, physical health, when it comes to that kind of health, I mean, really all you need to know is the basic birds and bees. And other than that, you're good, right? Yeah, I yeah. don't, I and, mean, and, and watch out what you're doing so you don't get an STI. Yeah. Other than that, your, your, your stuff should be between you and your parents, right? Uh, just... I don't think the school, I don't think the school needs to be telling, telling, hey, if I gave you, um, so if, if, if you had I a feather and some chocolate syrup, what would you do? Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. Imagine saying that to a 17 year old girl, you would go to jail for that. 
Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You'd go absolutely. to jail for that. You know, and I, I mean, and it makes me wonder if the, the teacher is doing it because oftentimes football coaches are not usually the best teachers. Well, and it's probably one of those things like this is what you're going to do. So, I mean, did he just get it and go, oh, God, I guess this is what I got to do and just yeah. not question it and push it along. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, okay, here we go, guys. This is what they told me to teach. So just do it. You know, I'd be putting like, you know, ZZ down for ever. What, what are their initials? ZZ. ZZ. Well, that's what they said. Some people, uh, when they were told to do this, they wrote as if it was, uh, what they say? Kung Fu Panda. Oh, one wrote. that's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, that, that's how they, they, they wrote it. That's in just, it. that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, just I just, I, yeah, I can't believe that this, like I said, I, I'm just still in shock. I did. The, this, pro- the problem this, is it happened in Eugene, but it's not, yeah, uh, no. it's not unique to Eugene. No, no. It's so. uh, it's all over the place. All right. So anyway, good times for Eugene, <laughs> though. God, you know, making the news. Yeah, because yeah, I so. did. As soon as you started reading that, I was like, I read about this. <laughs> I saw this. I can't believe this. All right, Beach. Well, it's now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, like, discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan and beach who is it this week billy well we're so <laughs> that sounds painful well it's off season not a lot of stuff's happened no one's pulling guns or you know mm-hmm. doing that right now actually had some you know guns and ba- and basketball but not not with football right now but well, this is just something i was reading about and it just struck me as irritating me and part okay. of it doesn't like the we're going to talk about two football coaches. One, well, one I don't really like. Chip and, Kelly? Uh, not Chip Kelly, but Brian Kelly of LSU, okay. who, who left Notre Dame to become LSU's head coach and has been down there for a season. And Nick Saban of Alabama, who I actually like as a football coach. Mm-hmm. But. I like Brian Kelly's attitude on this subject, and I don't like Nick Saban's. Hmm. So here we go, Beach. Okay. So you know the SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma soon, correct? Yes. In 24. So, Beach, as the SEC continues to discuss an eight or nine conference uh, game schedule to eventually adjust to the additions of Oklahoma and Texas in 2024, LSU coach Brian Kelly told ESPN last week he's in favor of facing nine league teams because he, quote, wants to play the best, including Alabama as a permanent opponent. Mm -hmm. So while nothing's been finalized, the SEC is trending toward a scheduling model without divisions. So no more divisions. Okay. But that includes nine SEC opponents. Every season. So that would be six rotating and three permanent. Okay. And the conference office has sent possible permanent rivals to each school to consider. Now, Kelly said the model he was given for nine SEC teams included LSU's fixed opponents as Alabama, Ole Miss, and Texas Mm A&M. So what Kelly said, quote, I've been in this for three decades and no disrespect to any of the other schools that we play outside of the SEC, but they just don't excite me. 
I want to play the best. I came down here to the SEC because I wanted to play against Alabama. I want to play A&M. I want to play Auburn, the great teams. And in our new scheduling, we get to play Alabama every year, Ole Miss every year, and A&M. And that's really why I came down here. I want to play those games, and I think playing nine SEC games is great for your schedule, and it prepares you for the opportunity to play for a championship, but also to play for the national championship. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I like mm-hmm. that the Pac-12 has played nine conference games forever, mm-hmm. as opposed to the SEC that plays eight, and then they play, you know, some you know school for the blind some, almost some at the shit, end of the some, season. Some shit kicking team that yeah. Yeah. No, yeah yeah. Now Beach in an interview with Sports Illustrated last week, Alabama coach Nick Saban questioned the fairness of having to play. Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU every season. Saban said, quote, I've always been an advocate for playing more conference games, but if you play more games, I think you have to get the three fixed opponents right. They're giving us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. I don't know how they come to that decision. So I guess he's thinking that's too hard. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Now, the conference is also still considering an eight-game scheduling model, which would include one fixed opponent for each team. Now, last month, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said one of the reasons he was looking forward to leading a 16-team conference was to, quote, restore rivalries like Texas A&M-Texas, Arkansas-Texas, and Oklahoma-Missouri. But in order to do that, he he has urged athletic directors to rotate teams throughout the league with greater frequency. Because that's one thing they don't do, right? Because you and I have talked about that before. Like, when was the last time that, like, Georgia and Auburn played in the regular season? Mm -hmm. It was freaking over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Now, he also, uh, Sankey said, quote, we also know that there are really unique rivalries that we ought to be honored as part of this process. And that's in this consideration. Now, the SEC's athletic directors have agreed to a scheduling model to present to the league's presidents and chancellors for approval. The athletic directors are expected to meet in person in late April, early May. Now, leaders throughout the league are expecting a resolution by the SEC's annual spring meetings in Destin, Florida, if not sooner. Now, Beach, this... I, I like this as a whole for the SEC. It's one thing that's pissed me off, right? The Pac-12 has been really good about their rotation through everybody. Yeah. And it's always bothered me about the SEC. Like I said, Georgia and Alabama have not played in the regular season in like 12 or 13 years. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And people they're are they're like, they're well, you know. You'd think they'd be playing at least every other year. Well, if not that, at least every few years, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I understand you can only play so many teams, but it's like you got to rotate through everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I just I don't I don't like it where they don't play everybody because then it's like, well, we've got a bunch of unbeaten teams. Yeah, because you guys don't play each other. Yeah. You know, of course you got to be in teams. You're, yeah, the, the teams of the north are not playing the, the best teams of the south. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully this will be a better thing. But I just don't like Nick Saban saying, well, I don't know how they came with that. Well, Nick Saban, yeah. you're at Alabama. Guess who you're going to play every year no matter what? Auburn, because that's your rival. Mm-hmm. You've also had a huge rivalry with LSU and Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? Those are long-term rivalries for you. Yeah. Who do you want? Georgia? Okay. Play Georgia every year. I don't care. But you know he wants something like Vanderbilt or something. Yeah, yeah, he wants to give me... Why do, why do we get Vanderbilt every year? Yeah, I want at least one bitch in the group. Yeah. 
It's like, well, this is what you get because this is who you played. And guess what? It'll make you tougher. Anyways, you know? I was just reading these stories, and I just read that, and it kind of irritated me. I'm like, come on, Saban, grow some nuts. Well, supposedly for a guy who's supposed to be such a great coach, you wouldn't think he'd have any kind of issues. Well, Bring on any team. We'll yeah. beat him. That's the way and I look I'm, at it. I'm with you. I, I like I like Kelly's attitude on that one. I do, too. So, anyways, yeah. Nick Saban, you get this week's. Jackass of the week. I just thought it was kind of like, ah, I, I don't know how he is as a person. He seems to really care about his players. He's mm-hmm. a hell of a football coach. You know, I, I, I'm impressed with that. And just that attitude just kind of bothered me. So anyways, mm-hmm. all right, Beach, it is time for the musical interlude of the day. And you're going to pick. I did. I I do. I, I am going to pick. Um, so I, I pretty, pretty quick one here. Uh, oh, this one, you, so, that, that, I'm not your girlfriend. I know. I know. Uh, no, neither is she. Um, anyway, uh, Blue Oyster Cult. The song is called Burning for You. Came out in 1981. It was written by lead guitarist, lead guitarist Buck Dharma and rock critic Richard Meltzer. It uh, hit number 40 on the Billboard, Billboard Hot 100. And it was their second and final top 40 after Don't Fear the Reaper in 1976. And uh, since this one was not produced by legendary producer Bruce Dickinson, there is a severe lack of cowbell in this song. So here we go. Uh, This is Blue Oyster Cults, Burning for You.
Great song. That's a great song. Pro- probably in my top three of Blue Oyster Cult songs. I I would probably say that. I'm not I'm like I love Blue Oyster Cult, but no, it's a good song. I I, I wouldn't turn that one off on the radio. I'm I, all, wouldn't, I'm, wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to hit the seek button. I'm also a so. big fan of uh, Godzilla. That is a good one. I love that song. Uh, now, with Burden From You, I always change the uh, lyrics so that he was having a rendezvous with a dirty woman. And it was, I'm burning from you. Oh, yeah. I think they got a, I think they got a cream for that. Maybe a salve. <laughs> I like saying salve. It always just sounds gross. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's a good pick though, Beach. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a good one. So All right. how many, when are we now? When are we switching over to a new theme? Is it, do I wait until like September? Yeah. We're waiting until the, the new, uh, the new season. You picked fire okay. this year. I'm picking something next year. Okay. What's the, uh, where maybe I'll down? pick water. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What's, uh, what's the, where we, do we have a countdown started yet? Till what? For the first game. Oh, well, I, I've got a countdown. I can tell you, let me look at my phone. So as recording 174 days. So as this posts 172 days till kickoff. Far away. Yep. So. And I would imagine a uh, Heine's Beaver countdown will probably be starting somewhere around April 1st. Is that 100 days? No. 150 days? No, it's just April 1st. Oh. It's just a good day to start. Okay. And if I forget, that means we'll probably start on May 1st. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Like, oh, I'm going to start this day. And then two days after that day, I was like, ooh. Well, I guess I'm starting on this day. So, anyways. But, yeah. So. Well, Beej, you got anything else to add tonight? I I got nothing. How's research coming along? I haven't seen any pictures lately. Um, I drove by mm, last week, maybe. And mm-hmm. you can see where the escalators are going to go in. Okay. So, that'll be great. Um, it's, it's, looking, it's looking really good. Um, I'm, I can't wait to actually see it when it's done. Uh, I'm hoping that when we get to choose our seats mm-hmm. in April or May, we might be able to go in and look. Might be able to sample them out. Yeah. I so, wonder, uh, I wonder how their tickets are selling so far with that price being so high. It's pretty high. I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna, I, I wonder if they overshot their, their market. I don't know. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of advertisements online. So, you know, me too. That's what makes me wonder if they're not selling as quickly as they thought they were. Uh, they would, you, you know, people don't realize this, but you know, when you're, when you're selling blue sky, like when selling tickets for like a stadium, mm-hmm. you know, you have a certain cost, but then there's just certain, well, what is the value of this seat? And, uh, never really realized that. But I was talking to a guy at general motors one time who was involved in pricing of a new vehicle mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, as, as a dealership, you, you sell a vehicle, you take your cost, you put a margin in and you sell it. When you're selling a vehicle, when you're the manufacturer, you're trying to save yourself. Who's the market for this? What can they afford? Where should we put this as a price point? And, and it has something to do with your cost, but not always a lot to do with your cost. It has to do with what is the competition and what do we think it's worth versus the competition. And the thing is, if you miss that margin, miss that market and you shoot too high, then it's really hard to correct your pricing. 
because if you go in and you, you price out a vehicle at $60,000 and nobody buys it, and then you discount it $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 and still nobody buys it, then all of a sudden you have to discount it $10,000 and you're looking like a bunch of crooks. Yeah. And uh, that was, you know, I had that, I owned that Chevy SSR one, you know, remember my old hot rod? Mm-hmm. And when I had that, I think that was a vehicle that, that they, they mispriced. Um, I think they thought it was going to do much better than what it did. And mm-hmm. I think they were probably about $10,000 over where they should have priced that. And ultimately that vehicle had a very short shelf life. Mm-hmm. So because of that. So anyway, just thought it was interesting. Yeah. So just makes you wonder if, if uh, and then what does research do if they have to lower the price to get the seats sold? Then what do they do with the people who committed to the higher price point? Because yeah. then they feel like they got taken advantage of. Yeah. Well, but they have dropped down the number of seats. So you're taking what, a, what is that? So there's there's fewer seats in the stadium than before the renovation. Oh really? Yeah. Even with the two stories and everything, huh? Yes. So, but it's just supposed to be a nicer venue. Yeah. That's well, and I it. think I think that's um, more of the uh, industry standard anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every game is on TV, mm-hmm. and and the coverage is good. Yeah, exactly. So you're fighting with that. So it's like, well, let's not try to get as many people as we can shoved into this venue. Let's make it an experience for them. Let, let's make it an experience and get the ones willing to pay more for an upgraded experience. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, we, so, give them, we give them better, better food choices. Yeah, we can get uh, we can get dishes. we can get ten people that'll pay a dollar a piece, mm-hmm. or we can get five people that'll pay three. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I follow. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you you do have the the huge jumbotron, so you got a great visual to recap on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have the excitement of being in the stadium, and uh, but honestly, I mean, I'm looking forward to having an actual seat with the back on it versus an aluminum bench. I will too. I I enjoyed that last year. Yeah, that's I a long I time coming. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily like where we sat, and I couldn't stand the people with the weak bladders who have to get Jeez. up every minutes week. I've never seen the beat, and not even women, every, but men. Every game. I could, and there's only like five seats to the left of me. I know. Are you serious? Every All five of you have to go up three times. Yeah. And, and and dudes going to the bathroom together. That's really unnerving to me. Honest to God, it's like I just, it was ridiculous. It was and, ridiculous. And, I I just don't get it. Even Greg so, was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I usually hold it. If I have to go, I go once. Yeah. You know, I, I, I try and, and, and because I have respect for my fellow football watchers, I try not to go during the middle of a, of a, of a, of a, of a drive mm-hmm. and, tried to make it during a, a break in a quarter or a, or a timeout or something where you're not going to interrupt anybody. Yeah. And these people have no, you know, maybe that's something that they should, you know, how or, or the university of Oregon has like conduct or conduct, whatever you call yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Code of conduct. conduct. Yeah. Maybe we should have just, you know, standards for excellence where, you know, if you have a bitch bladder, sit at the edge, you know, <laughs> Get on your knee until the play is over. Don't yeah. block people's view. Yeah. You know? Anyway, yeah. Don't stand up uh, for every freaking play because the people behind you don't need to stand up. That's why we have really nice seats. I know. You know? 
It's like it's not like we're sitting in a theater from the 1980s where you only got a height of about three inches over the person in front of you's head. You know, you you got a nice stand. There's no need to stand up. Everybody can see it sitting on their asses. Yeah. And honestly, I'm tired of getting up and down the whole time. Well, Same in a Catholic church. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things like you can cheer just as hard sitting down as you are standing up. And there's uh-huh. times I agree. Okay. End of that game on, you know, that Civil War game. Everyone stand up. Okay. Yeah. But that's, that's, but there's some people that just stand up like, well, I'm standing up, so I'm cheering more than you. Yeah. No, you're yeah, not. You're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, bitch boy. How many games were you here during the Pettibone administration? If you cared more than me, then you should have had your ass here during the Pettibone administration. Yeah. You know what? Like Newman. Yeah. Remember Newman? Yeah. Yeah. We had a guy that used to stand up. He was not in front of us. Thank God he was down a few steps, but his last name was Newman. <laughs> so oh. Newman and his stupid wife, oh. they were always just drunk off their butts. And what do you think about people not being able to go out and come back in at halftime? I don't, you know, that, that is such a shock. I'm like, it you know, bothers again, some people. The only reason why Oregon state's doing it is because they want to sell more of their own liquor than to have the people go get the liquor out of their car. Yeah, but there's only two schools that allowed that, and it was Oregon State and Stanford. And let's face it, there's hardly anybody at Stanford games. So yeah, yeah, they're too busy opening, starting their uh, their uh, IPOs. So <laughs> and watching their banks fail. <laughs> yeah, I heard two of them now. Two banks have failed. I don't know. There's just one, but the uh, the, the no, feds. There's a second. I saw it on Daily Wire today. Uh, second one. Well, the feds came in and said they're gonna cover everything but who, who knows what's gonna happen but anyways yeah, cover cover everything up to two hundred thousand dollars and you know no, they said they're gonna cover everything really yeah but it's not gonna hurt the taxpayer so anyways we don't need to get off on the weeds on that but oh, anyways. that's a bunch of bullshit <laughs> anyways <laughs> anyways um but yeah so i, I it doesn't affect us because we don't leave yeah but i know i know some people that it bothers yeah well why, why did Oregon State have an open policy? Was it because of? The I think outcome? it's I think it's a holdover from when they sucked. Oh, just just to get people in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's okay to leave. Just please come back. Please come yeah. back. I like when I was a freshman, ninety one, ninety two. I didn't even need a ticket. You didn't have to get a ticket. You just showed your ID card and they let you in. I remember those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and any 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 university or any Oregon State. Uh, uh, if you had uh, if you had an yeah. ID card, they let you in. Well, and did wasn't that the honestly the whole what what side is that the whole is that the the whole that, the whole well what's is that considered the the, the I think it's the east that, side east side yeah yeah it's the tall side it's the yeah what, but I mean or as I called it the old new side but when it was on the old 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 side when it was just on the hill yeah wasn't that whole area pretty much it was for all students, students yeah. The whole hill. And then then they finally started playing halfway decent. And then they wrapped that like five or six benches with plastic. And so, so the, that the, so the, the students, students could stand up and the people that got seats above them wouldn't be blocked. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So, so, and that's when they finally started and that's when they finally started making you get tickets. Yeah. They were still free, but you actually had to request a ticket. Yeah, they're still free. Uh huh. But now they have to get tickets, yeah. Yeah, and then 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 you didn't you have to have you used multiple. To have, you used to have to, to stand in, in line to get well, tickets. Now I think they do it all on their phones. Well, and then wasn't it to get Civil War tickets you had to have multiple tickets or something like that? Yeah. So if war? there was like if Civil War tickets, the first like whoever has all six of the other home game ticket stubs, you got first dibs. 
Yeah. And then after a couple of days, they let whoever had five stubs and then four stubs and then three stubs. Yeah. Until they're all yeah. gone. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Well, anything else, Beach? Oh, I don't think so, Billy. We're going to we're going to do another one here at these at the end of the month. Well, no, because we will be gone. OK, we will be gone in two weeks and I doubt we do one next weekend. OK. All right. So probably uh, so it'll uh, probably be that. the first part of April. So we won't get two shows out for March because I was thinking about this and maybe doing one last week. But I'm like, I don't want to do them back to back weeks. So not enough. Not enough to talk. About. Not enough to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So probably looking at the first week of April. Anyways, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 195 of your participation. Remember, if you'd like to comment, send a suggestion or ask a question like Dano. Heinrich Tailgater at gmail.com at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter and Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen, subscribe, leave a rating review wherever you listen. Beach. Billy. It's been great. And next week, we go to Disneyland. It's in that week and a half, isn't it? Next week. Next week? Next okay. week, we go to next Disneyland. Week. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways. Well, until we talk to everyone again, here's a great big Go Beavs. dude we go next week well it's still like a week and a half away so it's still next week <laughs> the um there we go bah, 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 bah. My, do i sound okay you're coming in clear all right nice nice oh look at that we're recording and everything sweet sweet is this gonna be like uh one of my dates kind of quick and dirty I don't think your dates ever get very dirty. No, no. They're very very quick, though. Um, what do we got tonight, Billy? All right, Beach. You're about ready to go here. Uh, do you have a song? I do have a song. It's um, it's going to be kind of quick, but we're doing a quick one anyway, right? I'm not your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I never even get a quick one, Billy. Well, you know, with myself, I guess. <clears throat> but usually it takes me a little bit of time. I like a little foreplay. You know what I heard the other day? Sad when you turn your own self down. Yeah, I know. Nah, I'm too you know tired. I, I got you know a headache. I, I know. Isn't it terrible? <laughs> you know what I heard the other day is uh, your hand is bisexual. Really? Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I thought about it for like half a second. I was like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Um, so you got that. You've got a update. I got an update. It's a it's a real update today. So oh, it's sweet. a little it's a little it's a little too real. Okay, just warning you. Might take us a little deep in the weeds, maybe in the swamp. I okay. don't know. All right.
Now, Reagan Beers Beach, Oregon State was unable to overcome first. Uh, I like beer. <laughs> 